Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burkwell and Alex Collins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, with the hoodie on, Alex Collins. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? You look too gangster today, actually. <laughs> I think that might be the first time anybody has ever called me gangster. I think the way I say it actually really brings it out. So, <laughs> uh, Welcome. Welcome back for those of you who are uh, return listeners, and welcome for those of you who are first-time listeners. This podcast is all about tech professionals uh, in regards to simplifying your finances so that you can focus on what you want to do. Um, last one was on our seven biggest financial mistakes. We got through four of them. So we're going to finish that out with the last three today. And I think, uh, oh, well, let's start out by you. There's an ebook that we did called The Seven Biggest Financial Mistakes. I know we're really, really unique with our titles. Uh, but you go to our website, go to quantifiedfinancial.com. And if you scroll down just a tad and on the right hand side, uh, if you give us your name and email, you can get access to that ebook. And uh, that will give you the more of the visual side to today's conversation. If you're anything like me, you're a visual person and auditory. So that will kind of bring some more uh, context to the conversation today. Uh, so without further ado, let's kind of jump into uh, mistake number five here, Alex. Sure. Mistake number five is not having liquidity. And we've done a podcast on this before. The basic concept is that, I mean, heck, the entire 2008 financial crisis was really based around people not having liquidity. We had... Well, let's define liquidity real quick for them. So liquidity is having access to your money when you want it. Right. And... Additionally, we would say access to money without having to worry about... Without penalties. Without penalties, without massive fees, without having to worry about what's going on in the market, whether that's the bond market, the stock market, the real estate market. We don't want there to be a large... The ability for there to be large fluctuations in the access to your money. An example of this, going back to 2008, was I had a bunch of clients who they had lines of credit out that were unused and open and they were thinking, Oh, Hey, no problem. I've got a bunch of liquidity. And what happened was the banks closed those down. And so they suddenly went from having access to a whole bunch of liquidity through a loan to no longer having access like that. And it really changed their, their view of things. And this goes back to, you know, we did an episode on liquidity. I think the same episode, we're talking about leveraging your, your, your cash or your savings. And it, it goes back to that, right? So there's this myth out there that if, if I have a lot of money sitting in savings, I'm missing out on rate of return. And if you do just a straight, well, if this money's sitting in savings versus sitting in a stock and bonds portfolio, that statement is accurate. What's not accurate about the statement is when you tie everything else together. So having money sitting in savings, what type, what is that allowing you to do with your other money? 
from a risk standpoint, maybe taking a little bit more risk to have access or the chance of a higher rate of return. Not only that, but then what's the opportunity that you're going to lose out on by leaving that money wherever it is inside of a 401k or an IRA or, or whatever vehicle you're using versus being able to deploy it when an opportunity pops up to buy a piece of real estate or invest in a company or something of that nature. Like the 2008 debacle, right? When real estate prices came way down, that may have been a good time to actually purchase real estate. And if you were sitting on cash, that allows you to take advantage of that. I've We've got multiple clients that have done phenomenally over the last decade because they had a bunch of cash and invested heavily in real estate in the Seattle area post-2008 downturn. So that liquidity allow just opens up, uh, really just it's flexibility in the financial planning arena, uh, which then kind of dovetails really into mistake number six. And that's no strategy to paying off student loan or credit card debt or just no strategy to paying off your debts. Yeah, I mean, this this can be huge. Uh, we, we'll see people that are, you know, refinancing to a 15-year loan or... Uh, chunking thousands of dollars extra at mortgages, and and sometimes that does make sense, sure. Depending on your fun, on your situation, and other times it may not make sense. Alex is getting at like there's this premise around a 15 year loan is cheaper than a 30 year loan, and if you're only comparing the interest you pay on the loan, it's 100 percent accurate. It's 100 percent accurate, but what is it missing? Well, it's, you're missing the, the opportunity cost. You're missing out on what that cash could have done for you in another place beyond paying $3,000 on your mortgage instead of $2,000 on your mortgage. Yeah, there's an extra grand there that could have been doing something else. And if you don't take that into account in your equation, gee, is it really surprising that the plan that has $3,000 going into it is better than the plan that has $2,000 going into it? And we did a podcast on this exact analogy. So make sure to go back and listen to that where we actually did the math live to show in a straight example, like twin A versus twin B. Twin A did a 15-year mortgage and twin B did a 30-year mortgage. And twin B took the extra money that twin A was putting into the mortgage and did something else with it. And they both arrive at the same place. One just had more flexibility, which could be long-term could be a better situation. But the point is, is people are mostly analyzing what they think is an apples to apples comparison, but they're not putting all the pieces in. They're not putting all the characteristics in that they should. Really, you need to minimize it so that there's only like one or two differences in terms of the the variables. And, And one of the ones that people oftentimes miss is cash flow. Right. And this is probably one of the, the, the bigger mistakes that I think our clients come back and say almost a wow factor, like they just didn't put all of the parameters into the equation and that access is the cash flow aspect. And there's so many different factors that, that go into these things like, you know, what's your cash flow look like? What's the interest rate on the debt? What else would you do with the money? Like there is no one definitive answer. You're absolutely right. Sometimes a 15 year mortgage makes more sense. Uh, other times, a 30-year mortgage makes more sense. You know, sometimes aggressively paying down debt is 100% the right thing to do. Other times, it is 
think you're really playing Russian roulette with your finances. Yeah, I mean, just for, for maybe a takeaway around this mistake is, and again, this is not a, a one-size-fits-all, but if you've got a credit card that you're paying an 18 20% interest rate on, oftentimes overpaying on that debt is a good idea. Yes. But if you have another debt that the interest rate is 1.9%, well, could your money get better than 1.9% somewhere else? And what risk is that? That's when you have to analyze that aspect as well as taxes, right? There, there's pieces to bring into this. I mean, the other other components like, okay, are by paying down the 1.9% debt, are you foregoing buying a house sooner? Or are you foregoing becoming a partner in your in your firm or missing out on another opportunity what what else would you do with the dollars becomes a huge piece of it um and and so really that like like you said there's no one size fits all the important thing is analyzing it and creating a plan to get rid of the debt not just chucking as much money at the debt as possible there's good debt and there's bad debt and you need to differentiate between the two yeah I mean, we get that debt is, it could be a big monkey on your back that you're wanting to get off. And it can be so stressful that you're just like, screw it. I'm going to chuck as much money as I can at that debt to get it off, to get that monkey off. Oftentimes what we found is if we just come up with a plan and a strategy and show you the, the, the math and the ins and outs of how the plan works out, as long as we have a plan and we can see the end in sight, it becomes much more easier to actually strategically follow the plan. Well, to a large extent, it removes the monkey itself because now we have clarity on when and how and why we're going to get out of debt, and it really kind of can free up some cash flow so that it doesn't feel like we're constricted from a cash flow standpoint. That's really the part that usually has people concerned is like living paycheck to paycheck and like feeling like they're never going to get out from underneath this thing. Absolutely. So this takes us to the the last mistake, mistake number seven. And this mistake is focusing on allocation in your investment portfolio, if you will, rather than focusing on the location and the coordination of all of your assets. So let's define everything I just said there. Yeah. So, and again, this is one of the things that our industry has largely done to itself is that we focus so much on rate of return. The the next logical step to that is talking about asset allocation. What is the mix of ass of investments that you have in your assets? You know, large cap value, large cap growth, domestic, international, small caps, emerging markets, real estate, stocks, bonds, alternatives, gold, commodities, futures, forwards, options, all of the stuff. Like what's the appropriate mix of all that? That's the allocation of your investments. We would argue that there's a significantly bigger component to where what how you do is going to be the location of where your money is. Location as in what type of account they're sitting in and how it's taxed. Yeah. Is it inside of a 401k? Is it inside of a Roth? Are we going to get long-term capital gains tax treatment, short-term capital gains tax treatment? Like, What is the tax structure and how much access do we have or not have to it? And even bigger than that is making sure that our assets coordinate well together. So having a plan that works well together by pairing up assets, we can make them more efficient and effective. Going back to our earlier conversation, 
the mere presence of an emergency reserve will allow us to become more aggressive or take on a greater equity allocation in our investments because we don't need to have as much defensive because we've got time, we've got other assets that we can tap if we need, and it allows us to make those investments more effective and efficient. As well as thinking with the end in mind in terms of when we go to pull that money out, right? That money might be getting pulled out in retirement. So we'll start there. And we just did a podcast on this about thinking about taxes in retirement. So we're not going to beat this dead horse up because it literally just came out. But you need to think about the taxation of when you pull your money out in retirement, the style of account you put it in today, how's that being taxed later on, as well as access to the money in the next five to 10 years, right? If I'm talking to a 35 year old or a 40 year old, most of the time they're not telling me they're retiring next year. Right. Right. Even 10 years from now. They're telling me they're going to retire. Some of them say, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to retire, right? Because retirement is changing in America. Like it's no longer I'm retiring at 60 or 65. I don't know what the stats are, but I'd be shocked if, older, if the average older. age isn't pushing towards 70 right, right now. But the point of this is, is that 35 year old, 40 year old might have 20, 30 more years left of work. What can happen over that time period, both positive and good? Yeah. Right. Changing of jobs, starting a company, buying a home, having children, sending kids to college. Right. And, and the list goes on opportunities that fall in your lap. Where are you going to pull the money from for that? And how is it taxed? Well, and on the flip side, what happens if, you know, unexpected or unforeseen bad things occur when to be prepared for that as well. And I mean, it's, it's interesting. We live in a, in, in a day and age where the fire movement is, is very popular. And so we're actually seeing people try and retire earlier and saving massive amounts of money in order to be able to do that. And at the same time, well, that just means that like those folks have an entirely different set of issues because now instead of having 30 years in retirement, they've got 60 years in retirement. And so now like it's an entirely different equation and, and it's an entirely different situation and circumstance. Same concept. We need to understand where our money's at and location and coordination of assets becomes even more important for those folks. If, if you know where your money's sitting and how it's working for you and how you have access to it and the coordination of that, how much more flexible do you have as a plan? It's huge. And if you have flexible flexibility in your planning, that's simplifying your finances, that's allowing you to not stress over money and allowing you to do what you want to do, whether that is retiring early or whether that is focusing on career early on or focusing on family and maybe working part time, right? It's just that ultimate flexibility that comes with everything we just discussed. Yeah, for sure. It's all about creating that financial balance. Perfect. So uh, we hope this was valuable for you today. Um, we've, we've finished the seven biggest financial mistakes. Again, this came from conversations we've had uh, with our clients where these were kind of the, the biggest takeaways um, they've, they've had. And as you can see from this list, nothing on the list was investments. Like it wasn't, should I buy X stock? <laughs> Correct. We get that. So let, let's end on the question of the day here, Alex. Sure. Question of the day is which one of these three 
not having liquidity, no strategy for paying down debt, and focusing on allocation versus location and coordination. Which one of those three issues made it created an aha for you or, or is the biggest concern that you've got? So for those of you who are new, this is an opportunity for you to engage with us. We'd like to have engagement with people, even though we can't see you right now. Uh, so go to beerandmoney.net, and that'll take you down uh, to our, our page. If you scroll down, there's a, a section there for your name and the question, or in this case, the answer to our question, which of these three mistakes is your biggest concern or a big aha for you. So we hope this was valuable for you. And other than that, cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Security, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020-93172, expiration January 2022.